0: expressing that as we pray for the authority figures in our lives that God uses that to bring peacefulness godliness holiness and ultimately that because we're praying for authority figures God will use that that people everywhere will come to a knowledge of the truth in Christ how many of you pray for somebody that doesn't know Jesus for so long you're like I don't even know another way to pray about it well pray for authority figures because one of the promises is, as we pray for those that are in authority, people will come to a saving knowledge about Jesus. It's one of the principles. I don't even know how God does it. He just does it. And so one of the things that we're going to do for our first responders today is we're going to pray for them. And we're going to do that at the end of our service today. We want to pray covering over them and their families, blessing over them. The suicide rates among police officers are stunning. Man, what our, what our first responders are dealing with on a daily basis Um, I think I know, and then I have a conversation with Dan Rowden, and I'm like, I don't have a clue. So we're going to make sure that we bless them today. And one of the ways that we wanted to bless them is uh, we brought in a guest speaker that we have great respect for. Um, Lots of times we'll bring in those that we don't have respect for uh, just because I've ran out of things to say. Um, And you don't believe that I've ever ran out of anything to say. But uh, I had the privilege of meeting Paul and Christy Robinson a long, long time ago. And uh, Paul was a police officer in the Independence Police Department in Independence, Missouri. And he made the mistake, or maybe I wouldn't call it the mistake. He took the opportunity of going on a short-term missions trip. And after going on that trip, he felt the call of God to minister to police officers in Bogota, Colombia, and ultimately around the entire nation. So Paul understands what it's like to be on the front line. And he carries such a unique ministry. Uh, he and Christy are very dear friends of my mom and, and my dad. My dad, before his passing, my dad liked seven people. And Paul and Christy were two of them. And I don't think all three of his sons fell into the category because he only liked seven. But um, you're, the guys that were here for men's breakfast yesterday, you, you know what to look forward to. He did an amazing job. But Paul Robinson and Christy, we support them on a monthly basis with their ministry in Columbia. And I am so excited about hearing all he has to say today. And as he comes up, I'm going to ha- go ahead and have our not-too-young children's ministry make their way to the FC Kids Counter. So kids, head out for your great time. And Faith Chapel, give Paul Robinson a big welcome this morning, <laughs> would you?
1: have to have these to see <laughs> i've reached that age once you hit 30 you know what i mean uh so anyway well uh yeah right it is a delight to be here and to see uh wow just to see men and women and children that that love the lord and are learning to love the lord responding to what god is is calling them to to, to know him and uh, and to have our first responders all of you i my heart is overjoyed in preparation for this. I, I've been praying, and, and um, I just love being, with, I love being with God's people. But when I'm around officers, when I'm around first responders, EMS people, it doesn't matter who they are or the various jobs that they do. I love being around them because the Lord's given me such a heart. And I pray for you. I pray for you in many ways as the church does. And so this morning it's a delight to be able to come and share our ministry, what we're doing in Colombia, but this is even more a part of honoring the the officers here as this this theme today uh, is strength for service. And we're honoring all of you, not just officers, but all of you that are part of government. And um, so let me get started because my time is going to move quickly. But um, how many here like a story? I, like a, you know, Every now and then you like a good story. P- police officers love stories. Most people like stories, especially those that are true. So this is a true story, and I'll give it to you quickly. Many years ago when I was a policeman, uh, just a young rookie cop, um, I remember I got a call. We were driving single-man units, so each officer had his own car. I was working the midnight shift. My partner and I, we got this call to a disturbance in progress. The dispatchers were advising us uh, over the radio that while we were heading that way, they were telling us that people or the officers had been there before, and that it was a, it can be a very dangerous situation. So when we got there, my partner he I, he I saw his car parking down the street from the home where this disturbance was taking place. I parked my car. And so as we walked up to the house, it was, it was dark, of course, outside, but there was a porch light on, and we, we could see a big, tall man, big man, uh, standing on a stoop. And his house was kind of elevated up on a little hill. There was no way to get to him in this disturbance except through him, and we could see that he was probably a part of the problem. So as he stood there smoking this cigarette, um, it was my call, so I'm going to be the one in charge. I knew my partner. I'm five foot seven, 160 pounds, not a big guy, but my partner is like six two, big man with a lot of experience. So I'm thinking, Lord, I'm glad I've got him because I think this is going to get really heavy. And so as we approach the house, this man he takes a cigarette and he kind of stands upright, and then I realize, oh, he's a giant. And he takes a cigarette, and he takes one last drag, and then he throws it, like, towards us. And so I realize this is going to be tough. And he says to us, oh, great. Oh, great. Someone calls the cops, and what do they send? A cop and a half. <laughs> and I stood there. Now, you know, this is, I'm a, police, a rookie cop, two years on probably. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking it all in, like, Oh, he's talking about me. I must be the cop and a half, or the, the half a cop, right? So anyway, it dawned on me as I stood, and I was a Christian man, and it dawned on me, this can go south very quickly if I respond with the wrong you know, words or gestures. And so I looked at my partner and him, and I just started to kind of laugh. And as I did, this man, he's looking at us, and he's shaking his head. And he finally said, do you know? He said, I was going to fight you. He said, I was planning to fight you guys. And and, uh," he said, but he said, for some reason, I just, I'm going to turn around here, and you can take me to jail. His wife was in the house. He had beat her up. It was not a good situation, but we got to things quickly. Things happened very quickly. But as I look back at this, and I remember when I handcuffed him. I'm thinking, this man was, the handcuffs barely fit him. He was a massive man. And I knew the fight would have been on. We probably would have had our hands full where we had to call the cavalry. Thank the Lord for the cavalry. That's the rest of the police force, right? And so it didn't, things went exceedingly well, and the man uh, went to, to jail without incident. But I just tell you that because I know a lot of people always remember stories. And this morning, uh, I'm going to be sharing some other stories with you about what God is doing in Colombia with the police that we work with. And um, so listen to this. This morning, um, my background, very quickly, I, I was a police officer for 17 years, as the pastor said. I'd been to Bible college and seminary. I'd been in the Marine Corps. I think the Lord had really prepared me for our ministry in Colombia with the police. That is who our focus is. We work with the police and their families. Our main focus is to share the love of Jesus with them. I love sharing the love of Jesus with people. And I'll tell you something, as we've been working with them, it's been, it's been incredible. The last five years, we've seen over 1,200 police officers come to know Christ as their Savior. Hallelujah! That's like 1,200 hallelujahs, and you can just keep on saying all day long, right? You can just praise God for what he is doing. This morning, all of you, the civil servants, we're here to honor you. We care about you, and we want to bless you today. The personal sacrifices that you make, more often than not, they go unnoticed and seemingly unappreciated. We we also know that your families, oftentimes, they become victims of your profession and its demands. We realize this. We know that many of you have sworn oaths to serve your community. And when you did that, little did you know that your world would change like never before. Or perhaps how you even wanted it to change. But according to the Holy Bible, our standard for living, our rule of faith, you are servants, our civil servants. Do you know you're actually fulfilling a divine call? You are fulfilling a divine call. So important that without you, do you understand that when God created the heavens and the earth, he gave everything, there was order. But because of the fall of mankind, disorder began to abound. You civil servants are here, and you keep our nation from having unfathomable chaos, disorder, and unrestrained evil you think right now that there's evil in the world yes there is i remember being on calls when officers would say if there's ever been evil this is evil and you know what i'm talking about even those that are not in civil service you know what i'm talking about evil abounds so the next 20 minutes or so probably less i want to share something very important with you that i believe you need to know and i believe that this is from god's heart And I pray that it will connect with your heart. In Romans, this is our text, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. I'm using the New Living Translation. I like this translation, but not always for everything. I use it for various things. But I like what this says. And just so you understand again, this text is in regard to government officials, prison guards, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, dispatchers, call takers, report takers, and all employees related to government service. This is to you. It says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in in those who are doing wrong. Now listen, would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what's right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid. For they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them. Not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes. Yes, pay your taxes too for the same reason. For government... Workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect. Listen to that. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. This, ladies and gentlemen, is to our public servants that serve us so faithfully and diligently and courageously. I want to give you an illustration using our ministry. Our ministry in Colombia, we work with the police. We teach English. This is one of our bridges that God has given us is to teach English to them. And as we teach English, we share the simple message, the most greatest message that Jesus loves them and he wants a personal relationship with them. These officers in Colombia, if you were to hear the whole story of their lives, The corruption flows rampantly throughout the ranks of the police. Marital and family problems, violence in the home, drug and alcohol problems, they all exist. The police suicide rate, like here in the United States of America, is very, very high, and it continues to rise. There's a great lack of respect for officers, and in fact, the nation has such little respect for them that the officers realize that uh, the people don't expect much from them. So therefore, they give very little to them as far as protection. And Unfortunately, the officers that do want to serve and protect faithfully, they feel very alone. They feel afraid, despised, and alienated. In fact, they even feel lesser than their fellow countrymen. Interestingly enough, when we share this scripture in Romans 13, 1 through 7, and other scriptures, when we share this with them, it's very exciting because we see there's a transformation that takes place in their lives because they begin to understand that God gives them identity. He gives them a sense of importance and purpose through these scriptures. It's powerful when you know that someone is backing you, when someone gives you authority, and there's no greater authority than God. The other day you saw on television, if you were watching it, the inauguration, right? The president takes an oath. And what does he place his hand upon? The Bible. He takes an oath and under God, I mean God is the all authority, and he swears on the Bible and unto God. This morning, I want to share three points with you about strength for service. How you can find strength for service through God and the scriptures. How you can find strength through service through the church. And how you can find strength through service through a personal relationship with God. This is good. Yeah. First, let's look at this. Finding strength through service in God and by understanding that, listen to this. God's given you an identity. God's given all of us an identity, but I especially want to Bring this to the attention of the, the, the civil servants. God's given you an identity in verse, or chapter 13, verse 1. It says, all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So you have a special purpose, and you have significance. Imagine that. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who created mankind, that's us. Aren't we beautiful? He's created us. And he's given us authority and dominion over everything. And because he doesn't want chaos to be in the land, he's given you, us, you, the authorities, so that we would live, as Pastor prayed earlier, we would live godly and peaceful lives. You have worth. You have significance. You have purpose, servants. You have purpose. The greatest servant was who? Jesus was a servant to the disciples, and to the world. You, fellow servants, you have a service, a God-ordained calling and service to to us. And we appreciate you. God also wants you to know you can find strength for service by connecting with a Bible-believing evangelical church. Why do I say Bible-believing evangelical? Because I know that there are many churches in our communities today, and it's very important that, as civil servants, I'm sure that at times you're asking yourself about God and spiritual things. You think about these things, and it's important to understand that a Bible-believing church, a evangelical church, is a church that believes that this is the Word of God, the whole Word of God. And it is totally applicable for our lives today. Evangelical meaning that it is a church that isn't afraid or ashamed to share the good news that Jesus loves the world. Oh, brothers and sisters, finding a church, finding strength for service by connecting with an evangelical Bible-believing church is very, very essential. In the New Testament, when the, first, when the, New, um, when the New Testament church was first established, picture this. In the book of Acts 2.42, it says this, All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. This was the New Testament church, and it has continued on through the ages, where even today, as you can see, we are like a New Testament church, where we come together and we are taught the Bible, the Scriptures. We come together and we fellowship and we come together and we pray together. This is part of what the church is about. It's a place where we instruct one another. You can read about this in Romans fifteen fourteen. Instruction in the Word of God is very important. Many people say things about God in the Bible, but it's important to come to a church that knows how to instruct and teach about God's Word. Also, It's a great place where we have unity and faith. Having people of the same type of faith and trust in God. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13 speak about this. Having Bible studies that churches often offer are very, very essential. Various types of home groups where people come together and they fellowship together. How many people like to hear like to get together with others? How many like that? You know, God created us to be related. You realize that? When God created the heavens and the earth, and finally you know, on the sixth day He creates man, it's like, "Wo, here we go." And he God looked at all of this and said, "This is good." God created us in His image and His likeness and his characteristics. And God wants us, when He created Eve for man, it was for fellowship, of course, procreation, to have more children. But the the important thing to know is that God created us to be related to him and to others. Fellowship is very essential. And also prayer. We come to church. There's something about coming into what some would call, we say, this this is the house of God. Or this is the church. There's something very beautiful about coming into the church. And being with men and women that are learning about Jesus. We have men and women and children that are growing in the faith. We're always in a process of knowing God in a deeper and a more beautiful way. None of us have arrived. We don't come to church and say, oh, these guys, they've all arrived, but I'm not there yet. We're all in a walking, growing relationship of knowing Christ and fellowshipping together. Is so important because, you know what, in fellowship, we say to another person, Hey, what's going on with your life? Well, I'm not doing so well. I'm having some difficulty. Well, you know what? I know how that goes. I've been there. Let me pray with you. Let me me listen to you. What else is on your heart? What else is on your mind? This is fellowshipping of of, of the, the body of Christ, the church, encouraging one another. So important. The church is also a place where everyone is welcome. Everyone. Is welcome here. The church is a place that's a lighthouse to the community. The church points people to Christ. Lastly, I want you to know you can find strength for service by having a personal relationship with God. Whoa, this is where it gets heavy, right? Having a personal relationship with God. Many people question that. What does that really mean? Listen to this our ministry with the police. This is kind of how it goes down. We teach English and we share Jesus. Very simple. I like simple. We share the scriptures. In our classrooms, as we teach English, we tell our students we're going to talk about spiritual things. The government there in Colombia has allowed to this, us to do this. They have never told us, no, you can't do this. So we just kind of continue on with our liberties and we teach. The students learn. We pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be present in the classroom, and he shows up. Our st- yeah, praise the Lord. Our students learn. We pray. They begin to learn how to pray in class, and then most of these students don't even know Jesus. In fact, many of them would tell us, I've never been told that Jesus loves me. In our classrooms, as we use the Bible as a textbook, the Holy Spirit leads us, and sometimes as we, they learn how to read, they learn about God, the Creator, Eventually they learn about Jesus, how he is God's only son who died on the cross for our sins. They learn that they're sinners and that they can't enter into the kingdom of heaven unless they know Jesus Christ personally. And they hear about this, and they take it all in, and three months later when we finish our courses, it's so amazing because we give them an opportunity to pray a prayer of salvation. We don't force them. We just tell them, you've heard about Jesus, how he's your and God how he created you and how you can have eternal life and be set free from all your sins and have this eternal life when we tell him that we we're seeing over 90 percent of these men and women will stand hallelujah they stand up and they pray and we see tears pouring down some people say well how do you know they got saved how do you know and I say all I know is that they respond to the message that Jesus loves them, that they want to be forgiven of their sins, and they want the hope for today, tomorrow, for eternity, and they pray and they receive Jesus. That's what I know. And that's what's taking place. Let me begin to close. There's a story. There's a gentleman that one day, my wife and I, we finished teaching English. We're walking across the parking lot of the language school where we're teaching. This man came running up to us, and his name's Diego. He he runs up to us, and he's yelling out our name, Mr. and Mrs. Robinson. He's really excited, and he came up to us, and he said, do you remember me? Do you remember me? And I, you know, I looked at him, and I I couldn't remember him. So I said, no, I I don't. But this guy was so pumped, and he's like, I got to tell you something. He said, Mr. Robinson, he said, do you remember when you taught advanced English in this classroom uh, a couple of years ago? And he points toward a building, and I said, it dawned on me, I remembered I couldn't remember him, but I remembered the class. I knew I was getting better because I'm teaching advanced English, not basic. So I thought, I'm getting better, you know? So anyway, I said, yes, I remember that. He said, Mr. Robinson, he said, listen to this. And this guy's like, he's right in in our face. He's just so excited, smile as big as the sun. He said, do you know you taught us English? And he said, there was a one-month class. And he said, you talked about Jesus. And he said, you talked about how Jesus loves us he even told you he said we were sinners and he said i remember as you shared all of that with us he said the class you know ended and he said i went home and to be with my family and so he said for a couple of weeks there i all i could think about was this jesus that you talked about and how he loved me and how he wanted Me to have a personal relationship with him and how to be forgiven of my sins. He said, I remember you talked about all of that. And he said, so it just wouldn't go away. So finally, while I was at home, I just simply prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. And I'm looking at him, and he said, and I got saved. He said, it was exciting. I'm at home, and all this takes place. And he said, I was so excited. I told my wife about it. And you know what my wife did? She said, I want this Jesus also. So she prays at home, and she repents of her sins, and gets set free from all of her sins. And now she's saved. She doesn't stop there, ladies. What do most ladies do? They tell their kids, right? These ladies are magnificent. You know, you don't know, men kind of like stop, you know, well, I'm done, you know, kind of. But women take it the, the, the full length, you know. And I mean, she tells her kids now, these are people that don't even really know about Jesus, but they knew that something supernatural just took place in their lives, so they tell their kids. The kids pray a prayer of salvation. I don't know how they did, they just prayed at home. Next thing you know, he tells me, My whole family's saved, five of us. He got connected to a church. He got connected to a church. He started to learn about Jesus. He started to get discipled, learning about Christ and how he loves him and how to develop a, a, a relationship with him. He said as he did this, he got orders to another place. He was going to have to be sent away from his family for a year. He said he was a little scared because the Colombian police often are in gun battles, major gun battles. It was like a war with a rebel group, a Marxist rebel group called the FARC, And he was nervous about this, but he knew he had to go. So he obeyed the orders, and he went. And he said the second week that he was there in the mountains, he said he walked into the outpost. a very small concrete building. He walked inside there. And when he turned a corner and put his satchel on the ground, a bomb exploded. The rebels had placed a bomb around the building. The bomb exploded. There were six officers inside. All of them were killed except for him. And, as he stood in front of us, excited as can be, he said to us, "Mr. Robinson, he said, "Look at, look at, look at me." He showed us his ear and his skull. I didn't even notice it at the time. All I could see was his big shining smile. But he said, "When that bomb exploded, it took away half my ear, blew away part of my skull." He said, the doctors have told me that you have no hearing loss and you have no brain damage. He said, the doctors have told me we're going to fix your ear to make it look like it's a regular ear. And they said, as far as my skull, you can see a big indentation in his head from the back of his skull all the way to the front. It was, it was just a, it wasn't like normally, you know, like ours are. It was, it was an indentation. And he said, the doctors told me, just grow your hair out. Nobody even noticed it. <laughs> so... so I'm thinking about all this, and he's so excited. He said, Mr. Robinson, I want to thank you for sharing the love of Jesus with me. He said, I know that God spared my life, and I know he has a plan for my life. Brothers and sisters, this is about the amazing grace of God, his amazing love for us, for you, those in civil service, those that are Servants serving your communities, and wherever you are, the same message goes to you. First Timothy, as pastor already read, but I want to read this again, a different different translation. First Timothy two, one through three. It tells the church once again how to pray for you. I pray this prayer all the time for civil servants. I pray this prayer for our leadership. And I believe, brothers and sisters, as we have seen a new day, a new president, many new things on the horizon, we are to be hopeful. And our hope comes from Christ. And as we pray, and this is unto all of you today, we need to pray. It says here, so first and foremost, I urge God's people, your God's people, to pray that they should make their request petitions and thanksgiving on the behalf of all humanity. Teach them to pray for kings or anyone in high places for that matter so that we can lead quiet, peaceful lives reverent, godly, and holy, all of which is good and acceptable before the eyes of God our Savior. This is how we are to pray. Brothers and sisters, this morning I've shared with you you can find strength for service that comes from god he's given you a divine purpose he's also given you the church for fellowship and he's given you or he wants you to have a personal relationship with him if you would just for a moment would you just close your eyes i'm going to pray a prayer And if you're here today, and and this is not just to our civil servants, but this is to all those that are here that perhaps you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you've been hearing about this. Maybe you've been down this street before, so to speak, but you stopped before you actually prayed a prayer and asked Jesus into your life, before you prayed and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that we are sinners. The Bible says that we can't enter into the kingdom of God unless we are free from our sins. And the only one that can set us free from our sins is through Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and as I do, if you would just pray in your minds, if you want Jesus to be your Savior, your protector, your friend, to be there with you in all things, at all times, pray this prayer. Father, Father. I hear that you love me. I hear that you died on the cross for my sins. I understand that we are all lost. We are all sinners and cannot enter into your kingdom, into heaven, without having you in our lives and being forgiven of our sins. Jesus, I ask right now that you would forgive me of my sins. You know all my sins, and I pray that you would forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness, set me free from the things that I'm entangled in. I pray that I will know that I am set free. I pray that you will walk with me and teach me how to know you and love you. Bring me to a place, a church, where I can meet people of like-minded faith. And help me to know as I read the Bible How much you love me. Teach me your ways and how to have faith and trust in you. So I give you my life this day. I repent of my sins. I want to be set free. The word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. This is how I know I am saved. So I pray this from my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: You know, you can be lulled to sleep that in our county, we don't have any issues to worry about. <laughs> uh, get a scanner. Start listening in. Um, there are so many things that are taking place in our county. And our, our first responders literally put their lives on the line on a daily basis. And um, one of the things that we really believe that we have the authority to do in, 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 in the name of Jesus is to pray covering over people. Psalm 91, a uh, beautiful declaration that we don't have to fear the terror of night, that God will give his angels charge concerning us so that we don't even dash our foot against a stone. How many of you ever stepped on a Lego? Mm-hmm. Or maybe kicked the corner of a coffee table, and, and you think, but I'm not supposed to dash my foot against a stone. So expand that to Legos, coffee tables, uh Man, when I was a kid, you still played with a jack every once in a while. Those little things would, they're piercing. They're absolutely piercing. Um, so we are going to pray covering over our first responders. And listen, here's how, here's how much I believe in this. I believe that Dave Cairo can fight a fire and not get singed. I believe our officers can, can, can go and where bullets are flying, none of them will touch them. I just believe that. I believe that we have that kind of authority and that kind of power. And I, um, I wanted to ask Paul if he would, if we'd have our first responders stand again, if you wouldn't mind, and if he would uh, just pray covering, and blessing and protection over you. And after he's done that, we'll, I'll, I'll lead us, and we'll all stay uh, stand together and pray together. But oh yeah, please come on up, come on up. We missed you. Come on up. Paul, would you go ahead and pray for them,
1: sir? If, we're just, if you would just raise your hands toward these these men and women as we pray, Father, we just we come together in, in your most wonderful name, your powerful name. You, Lord, we ask right now that as we pray, a covering, a prayer of covering, of protection, of guidance, Lord. We pray wisdom upon these men and women that serve their communities, Lord, that you have ordained to us as protectors. Father, I pray that whatever they do, whatever they touch, wherever they go, you will go before them and be with them. Protect them. Lord, again, give them wisdom in the things that they must do. decisions that they must make father I pray that they will know that you are with them I pray that you'll give them a sense of peace and confidence Lord when there are anxieties or worries or discouragements I pray father that you would remove that from them and Lord that they would really sense and understand the power and authority that you've given them so Lord I pray that as they are our servants you will bless them to serve with excellence Father, I pray that they will be men and women of God, all that love you. Lord, may you restore love in their hearts, joy in their hearts. We give them to you, Lord Jesus. We surrender them to you. We commit them to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. And I just join my my faith with that. And, And in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless you that you will be sharp, you will be attentive, you will be focused. I bless you that God has your six covered. He's got your back covered. I just bless you that you walk in the the light of the Holy Spirit and you know that there are angels that surround you to keep you, to protect you. I bless you that you have a spirit of wisdom so that you can make great decisions at a moment's notice. And I bless your family That there's no anxiousness there's no fear but there's peace there's shalom and there's the fullness of the Holy Spirit and I bless you in Jesus name Amen Amen God bless you God bless you guys Uh, we had a book that we provided for every one of our first responders and uh, please take that that's our gift to you Um, there are it was written by Max Lucado and and next to the Gospels he's really anointed Um, he carries a neat anointing on his life Uh, but there are uh, 40 prayers for peace and for just the presence of the Lord, and so uh, grab that, and there's verses in each of that and prayers that you can pray, and they literally come right out of the scriptures. You'll find them to be incredibly uh, comforting. Paul and Christy, as you know, they're missionaries, and this is one of the missionary families that support, and aren't you thankful that we support a family that has led over 1,200 police officers to Jesus Christ in the last five years? And uh, when, I, when I hear someone say that he was 17 years in the police department and then he went on the mission field, I think he gave up his retirement because he went after what God had for him. And, uh, and I know that when we're willing to give things up for the Lord, God is going to more than bless it and meet that need. And I mentioned this to the guys that were at breakfast yesterday. We support them on a monthly basis, but if God's just dropped them in your heart and you want to give a little bit extra Uh, that would just go to them along with your giving today. If you've got something you want to get, just write Paul or Christy or Columbia, and we'll know it's for them, and we'll total it up, and we'll just write one check. Like I said, we support them monthly, but how many could use a little extra cash from time to time? And this might be a time they could use a little extra cash. How many could always use a little extra cash now that I think about it? So, sow it, you'll reap it. It's the way it works. Sow it, you'll reap it. And so if you want to do that, Paul and Christy, when we dismiss, they're going to be back at their table. If you want to stop by, I know, I've heard missionaries say this before, we would love for you to get a prayer card and pray for us. The thing about Paul, he is such a man of prayer. When he says, we would love for you to pray for us, he actually is telling the truth. And I want you to know for missionaries, only about four out of seven are, okay? (laughs) Only about four out of seven. So a little joke, maybe six out of seven, but... He, he, he really, he they would covet your prayers if you're praying for them, and uh, he even talked to our guys yesterday about maybe coming down to Columbia and helping them with something sometime. That sounds like a lot of fun. So so stop by their table, and they also have a book that they want to give to every first responder that's here, so please stop by their table and let them give you that, and then as well, anybody else that wants to drop by, just make sure you stop by and say hi to them. Okay? All right, let's stand together. Um, Is there anything? You know, you can't have a day honoring civil service without free donuts. I'm like, I'm, you, know, you just can't. And we do have them in the back, hallelujah. Um, if you already got one, you had it, so move on, okay? <laughs> don't, don't steal somebody else's that didn't get one. That is so not biblical. But, um, but if you didn't get one of those, make sure that you do. And uh, if you want to stick around for the second service, I know that our, uh, our, I believe it's our police chief with the O'Fallon department's going to be here for our second service, along with several other representatives. You're more than welcome to, okay? So God, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for your love for them. And we all recognize that we're living in, um, we're living in an interesting season in our own country right now. And personally, God, I don't, I don't think we have as much of a gender issue and a race issue as we do a sin issue. We're broken. It doesn't matter what color we are or what identity are. We're broken. And we ultimately need the healing that only you can give. But I thank you that you can also start to give that healing through people that operate with wisdom and courage to help bring peace in difficult situations. So, God, I just pray for the United States of America. I pray for our, the people of this land. I ask in Jesus' name that you would shine your light on all of us. I pray that you would open our eyes to our need of Jesus. And I ask that you would begin to do the healing that has to, first of all, take place in our own heart. And then it can take place within, uh, within the lives of one another. I just to ask you for that. I also ask that you will provide not just civil servant peacemakers, but people of God peacemakers in every spectrum of life. I ask that you will give us wisdom and courage to speak on your behalf in the break room or at the conference or at Starbucks. Just give us the wisdom and courage to speak and to speak with peace and to speak with honor and use us. I thank you for this group of people, they're amazing. You've paid an incredible price for them. And I ask that you would bless them and keep them, that you would turn your countenance to them, you would be gracious to them, and that you would give them peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.